0: The Cinema Crew. The Cinema Crew with Village Cinemas. Morbid family fun in the Adams family.
1: Have a good day at school, dear. Ah, this is a children's prison. This is Wednesday. I'd love to shock my mom. You happen to be talking to the Cooling Queen of Shock. Wednesday.
2: <gasps> what are you wearing? Brings out my smile. You don't have a smile
1: did this to you this is my new look Ah! this day is becoming most wonderfully disruptive the adams family
0: and ian mccallan is a con man in the good life
2: so tell me have you done this a lot met people on the computer service don't you find it's always the same
1: you mean the anticipation followed by the
0: letdown but i tell myself dress up this time it
1: will be different how much do you think she's worth? Nearly three million pounds. You're going to take the lot. You Bloody bet I'm going to take it all.
0: That's this week on the Cinema Crew. Hello and welcome to the Cinema Crew, the podcast that talks new movies every week. My name is Michael Campbell, but you can call me Cambo. And joining me, as always, is Vary McIntyre. Hi. And Dan Miranda. Hello. Your chance to win a Gold Class double pass coming up just a little later on. But first, let's explore the neighbourhood. Play
1: nice, Kitty. Ah. These people are freaks. You don't have a cell phone? No, well, you don't have a crossbow. And I thought everybody had one of those.
0: Great
2: shot. Fire
0: in the hole. Let's show them what it means to be an Adams. Choke on this. They blow up so fast these days. Did you know that the Adams family have been around since 1938? Starting their lives as a cartoon in the New Yorker, it eventually made its way to live action TV in this process.
2: You actually forgot the other adaptation, the Broadway musical, which
1: oh
2: I'm, <laughs> I'm proud to say is uh, was my first Broadway musical I saw and it had Nathan Lane, BB Newworth. So it was a very extremely talented cast and the songs are great, including the theme. This new adaptation animated through CGI, it's a bit off-putting. I think the, the, the style that they've gone with is akin to the way that the original drawings were yes. were done. So I think sort of that mixed in with a bit of Hotel Transylvania. Yeah. Um, it's I think it's the illumination. Yeah, same uh, people that make despicable me. Correct. Yeah, and I did get many aspects, including cousin It is basically a minion. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, although he's voiced by Snoop, Snoop Dogg Dog, yeah. <laughs> now for those uh, who don't know this is um, basically an origin story so you start the film Gomez and Morticia have just been married in their hometown but they're cast out by the townspeople and they end up at a mansion um, bump into Lurch and then it Starts with time hops forward and they've had their kids Wednesday and Pugsley. Pugsley. So they're living living pretty, but, uh, you know, they've all got their own little stories going on, what, they, what they're they dealing with. But the overarching, I guess, antagonist is this character voiced by Alison Janney, and her name is Margot Needler. And so think HGTV, those renovation shows. We always see them. She She plays a renovation goddess who has created this town at the bottom of the hill where the mansion resides. And it's called... <laughs> it was quite funny. the The town is called Assimilation. Yes. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and she sees this extremely grotesque and eyesore of a, a mansion on top of the hill, and she offers her services to the Adams, doesn't she? And that's where you know many humorous moments occur.
1: Talking of the voices, we've already mentioned Snoop Dogg as Cousin It. We've also got Oscar Isaac as Gomez, Charlize Theron as Morticia, and Chloe Grace moritz as Wednesday, mm. and. I didn't recognise any of them. Oh, really? They do such a different characterization in their voices that it was only when I knew who the actors were that I could place it. Uh-huh. But I think you wouldn't—you wouldn't, you well, wouldn't even, know. Even
0: uh, even young Pugsley is Finn Wolfhart from yes. Stranger Things. Oh, right. Yes, like that they're, too. they're all very recognisable uh, people. But you're right. It's not like Oscar Isaac is just doing his voice. He is doing Gomez the Adams. Character. He has a very specific way of talking. Yeah. Uh, and it's yeah, you're right. It's not like they're just cashing in on a celebrity voice. It's celebrities doing voices.
1: Exactly. It didn't take me out of the character, like thinking, oh, that's just Channing Tatum as a Yeti. Yeah. <laughs> These were <Yeah>. actually <laughs> <laughs> characters. That's a great example. <laughs> like Chloe Grace Moretz does a really great Wednesday. Oh, yes. Like I want to be friends with yeah, her. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, character sure. was just so funny.
2: But it's funny, like even the way she portrays Wednesday Adams is so like, uh, but you, you, you still want to be friends with her. Yeah, and she I she does a really great job. I think the the animation. One thing that they've changed is they've actually made Wednesday's, you know, yeah, iconic plats. braids. They're not plaits. They're they're nooses, noose, yeah. nooses yeah. which I think is just so cute. I love that.
1: Yuck! Oh, I've
2: done this thousands of times. Give my creature
1: life! <laughs> 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 Totally awesome. The Alam's Family. Um, Yeah, as you said, the, the animation kind of creeps me out. And it might be reminiscent <laughs> of the comics or the 60s show. There is a few elements of the 90s films as well. But, yeah, they were just so unnatural, like so unnaturally thin or grotesque. And their eyes were quite bulgy. And I guess that's to make that... You feel like they're creepy and kooky as they're supposed to be, yeah. but it kind of just like threw me. I don't know, kids might like it, but the story was really good.
0: Well, see, I, I felt that the story, it kind of splinters in a few different directions. Mm. And there's a couple of stories going at once. It actually reminded me Secret Life of Pets, too. Yes, thank yes. you so much. Yes. I thought I was going to this. Where it was kind of all these different stories, and they do kind of come together at the end, mm. but for a little bit of like the midpoint. It felt a little unfocused. Where I was like, "Where, where is this going?" Yeah. Oh, okay. That being said, ki- kids won't notice that. No, like, mm. the, the kids will enjoy the creepy monsters and, and then the townspeople reacting to the atoms and Uncle Fester and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, like just just narratively, I thought it it kind of splintered in the middle. And then it did come together at the end, but I thought, even though it's only 85 minutes, you could have lost like 10 minutes of it. Yeah.
1: Oh, okay. I felt that definitely in Secret Life of Pets too. That's one of my- not so much my, Yeah. Okay. That was one of my grievances. But this one, I, yeah, I didn't really find that because it's basically the two kids. Wednesday's got a storyline and Pugsley's got a storyline. And the adults are kind of in between. They have interactions with both of them, but it's the kids' journeys. And yeah. because this is more of a kids' film- that's what they're going to be more interested in. It's not really about a Morticia or Gomez story. And that was kind of what disappointed me about this cuz even though the original show, the 60s, the 90s movies, they're family fun, I think adults could get more out of them than this iteration where it, which is more aimed at kids. Yeah, it and it plays I, very young. I do think
0: there's like illumination studios now that they're kind of so successful with their Despicable Me films, this is an illumination version of The Addams Family yeah. where the whole conceit of the 60s TV show was essentially, at the time in the 60s, there was like a set standard for sitcoms, which was a, a family, you got the, you know, the husband that works all day and the, the housewife, and that was like the standard. And the Addams Family took it and they twisted it in this odd way that it was that exact dynamic yeah. but morbid and gothic and that was, mm. it was kind of like a satire of that. Mm. But yeah. this doesn't really have any of that it's got shooting rockets at each other and yeah, quite yeah. kind of unbelievable things, which illumination is very well known for. Yeah. Right. And that fit seemed weird to me. I thought the same thing about the Grinch, actually, the newest yeah. Grinch. Mm. It, it took something that you know and it did that illumination twist, but it felt kind of foreign.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, I think um, I agree with you with the illumination aspect, I guess you could call it with the, like, it's like Acme or like Looney Tunes in yes. a way. Yeah. So, mm. you know, that aspect is not really, you know, what I think adults would be, intrigued by I think that's more for the kids explosions that Mm, sort of you know crazy stuff but I actually really enjoyed the the comments that uh, Wednesday Adams makes about uh, Margot Needler's face because I think that that sort of humor is you know what I think a lot of adults will appreciate and I I laughed out loud more than I thought I would
1: (laughs) yeah I was very amused by it I, I did have a good time but it had sort of elements from films like Edward Scissorhands or Pleasantville in which there's one family or one character that stands out from the idyllic American ideal home and family where everything is plastic and uniform and pretty. And the Adams Family is a comment on that, their uh, reaction to this idyllic lifestyle where they're different and they stand out and they're individuals. And that is this universal theme that, yeah, they're, they're showing it for younger kids. I would have liked a, a more adult version, which I, I guess they could still make. They could make a live action one, which is a bit more current.
0: And it's not, I would say it's not without its jokes that will go over the kids' heads. For instance, yep. Wednesday Adams at one point quotes Raw Shark from the Watchmen comics, which is a reference to a 1980s comic book that kids are not going to understand. She says, I'm not locked up in here with you. You're locked up in here with me, which is a very famous comic book quote. Which I think is designed just to get parents laugh, But I think it's so sparse through the movie that I don't know if it lands on that same way that like a Pixar movie will land with adults just as much as it'll land with the kids. The, the other thing I was slightly disappointed in, there's, there's an actress called Elsie Fisher. And it started this year, she was in a movie called Eighth Grade, which was probably my favorite movie of the year. And she's just this phenomenally talented young actress. And in this she plays the friend of Wednesday Adams, and she's kind of, they don't do anything with her. It's that thing of like having such a great talent that's in kind of a a thankless role. that always kind of breaks my heart Mm -hmm. a little bit. There's in fact a connection because she is one of the small daughters in Despicable Me. So she's always been in Illumination films, but I wish knowing that she was one of the voices and seeing how great she was in eighth grade, I was really hoping her character would have more to it.
2: More of a breakout yeah, performance, yeah. yeah.
0: So who do you think should see The Adams Family?
2: So, yeah, as Vary mentioned, the overarching theme and message of The Adams Family is to embrace our individualities and, you know, has a social commentary on that. Obviously not hitting ourselves over the head with a... A baseball bat maybe a a rocket ship but um yeah so i think it's it's for kids but i think that there are a few moments that adults will enjoy as well
1: yeah this is a family film through and through it'll be a good one for younger kids older kids like us will get a laugh out of it too
0: Also still in cinemas, Frozen 2.
1: Elsa and Anna, Journey into the Unknown. And Knives Out.
2: Ryan Johnson's mystery whodunit thriller.
0: Yes, you can hear about both of those movies and in fact everything that's in cinemas right now in our back catalogue, which you can access from whichever podcast app you'd like. Is that your grandson? It's too soon to be getting so close to him.
1: I've grown very fond of you.
2: Do you know who you are? You're the only person on this planet. makes me feel that i'm not alone
1: it's the game it's the adrenaline rush what if it is
0: the good liar brings together two screen legends in the form of helen mirren and ian mccallan at a twist of con man drama and an acclaimed director like bill condon and surely this is a no-brainer Vari, do all of these parts make a satisfying whole?
1: Well, Bill Condon did do Dream Girls, which I loved, but also Twilight Breaking Dawn. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I'll say this about
0: Bill Condon. He doesn't make the same movie twice. No. <laughs> In fact, I think he did the. Beauty and the Beast remake as well. Like none of his movies are alike.
1: (laughs) In that vein, this one is quite different. It's based on a book and it's about con man Roy who tries to woo recently widowed Betty and she's worth millions of pounds. And what starts as a simple con soon turns tricky and things don't go according to plan. Mm. Mm. Yeah, a
2: lot of unexpected surprises and it's a bit of a cat and mouse scenario. Yeah.
1: Yeah, this one I'm back and forth between. At the start- I'm it, a little bit the same. Yeah. Mm. There's divisive criticisms about it as well. And to begin with, it's quite a straightforward, simple drama, but then the ending forces you to recontextualize the whole mm. plot. And some people are going to think it's a brilliant twist. I think some people are going to think it's unrealistic.
0: Mm. Yeah. I'm somewhere in the middle of yeah. that. But even
1: so, when I heard the
0: premise of this, because Bill Condon's done some kind of like whimsical movies as well. And I thought Ian McAllen, Helen Mirren, Mm. Bill Condon, Con Man, this will be kind of a a fun time. It's really dark. Yeah. Like I was surprised at how dark this movie got. Uh, It's rated M.A., like it's, it's not for your average movie. Like it gets kind of twisted and a little bit violent and a yeah. little bit. there's some and violence like it, in it there. It really kind of threw me. I was like, Ian mm. McKellen. No.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, I think interestingly um, the trailer portrays it in such a way that it is quite, as you say, dark and highly dramatic. But mm. I feel like when the moments are joyful and you've got your guard down as an audience member, you see this sort of tango between Helen and Ian McKellen's performance and it's sort of quite nice. And I think the the locales which they've shot this film make it quite beautiful. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I... Like going along, their relationship was pretty straightforward for me. There weren't any twists and turns with that. Mm. And usually in a it, like we were talking about last week with Knives Out, you want to know that there's something you can piece together. As an audience member, you feel like there's something to work out. So I need to do that. And the twist ending is just so left of field, which on one hand is great because I don't think anyone would see that coming. And that is a challenge. If you go see this movie, please tell me if you saw it coming. On the other hand, it's like, well, I wanted to see that coming. Yeah, there's something to be said for like foreshadowing. Yeah, there's no foreshadowing in this.
0: But you're right. This one is inexplicable isn't quite the right word, but like there isn't that much set up to it that. Watching something like The Sixth Sense, for example, mm. that twist is very well hinted at throughout the movie. So mm. re-watching it, you go, oh, that's really yeah. interesting now. But this movie doesn't so much have that. It's almost like going, aha, but then, and <laughs> yes. then it kind of changes track.
1: You know I like movies where at the end I would watch it again and with a new perspective. You can't watch this again with a new perspective. I don't know. Knowing what you know, watching it again wouldn't change anything. It would still be shocking.
2: Yeah there's no s- sort of sprinkles of information throughout to go oh, ah yeah. so that ties into. Mm. I will Doctor. say this
0: because we've talked a little bit about the dark subject matter and about you know the twists and turns in the story but the performances are so charming even from the first scene in which is just a simple meeting in a restaurant they've kind of met online in mm. this I guess like seniors dating app that they're, they're yeah. using. And it's, it just oozes with charm because Helen Mirren and Ian McCallum are just like veterans at this yeah. and just seeing them together, bouncing off each other with someone like Bill Condon, that's a very stable director. There's something about it that really does work. And that's what makes me so conflicted because there's elements of it that are so great and they're really pop. And there's elements of it that don't quite, and it's that balancing act between those two elements, you know, like which ultimately ends up, and I'm still not
2: sure. I think with this being based off a novel by Nicholas Searle of the same name, I actually really like the, the idea of the title itself, The Good Liar, like how, how can you be good and who's, when can lying be, you know, beneficial for both parties or the other one. And I think they could have explored that maybe a little bit more in this.
0: It, it does have interesting themes to it. Even the, the theme of like there's a certain perspective that because Ian McCallan is older, people kind of don't see him and he kind of gets away with a lot more, yeah. but they never really go too deep into and Like I would have liked a little more exploration into those as well.
1: Yeah, maybe. I'm, um, I think British do crime dramas really well because on the one hand you can have a character who's having tea and scones and be very, very proper. And then murder someone. Yes, yeah. and weirdly, <laughs> and it's all good fun. Weirdly,
0: you still root for them yeah. in, this, in this odd way, and I like—I I do enjoy, in fact, a movie that can make you sympathise with a very unsympathetic character. Yeah, and I did find myself sympathising with Ian McCallan, even though he is objectively the villain of the movie. Yeah. He is a con man trying to rob a poor woman of all of her money. There was a weird bit where it's like, how, but how's he going to do it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 And I think that it, it does take a bit of skill from the performer, from the screenwriter, from the director, to actually mm. make you get into that mindset of sympathy with him.
1: Yeah, and a lot of movies with more mature characters and actors will err on the side of being more sedate. And so having a, a thriller drama as intense as this with older characters, is really different as well. They're not just, I don't know, going into death slowly and gracefully. Yeah. They're still just people. They're regular people and characters and, and it, doing these things that normally you see younger people doing.
0: It reminded me a little bit of a movie we we reviewed weeks and weeks, months and months ago now, called the King of Thieves with Michael Caine Yeah. In which when you compare it to something like POMS, which I've also talked about, it, it shows that even though these are older actors and older performers, there's still like an edge to it. Yeah. That isn't afraid to be kind of a bit dark and a bit nasty. And I, I do like that even though, yeah, it's it's a more mature film and it's got an older cast, yeah, there's there's not a sedateness. It does mm. still have an edge to it. So that that to its credit. Yeah. So who do you think should see the good liar?
1: This is obviously for a more mature audience with the actors, but I think a wide range of people above teenager maybe will enjoy this as well. It's got really good cast. Really great acting. If you can keep up and forgive the heavy exposition, it's really quite satisfying.
2: Yeah, I think obviously Helen and Ian, watching them, you know, they're clearly enjoying themselves immensely on screen and I think you'll get joy from that. But like you say, if you can forgive the exposition, then you'll have a good time.
0: Now for your chance to win a Gold Class Double Pass, simply head to the Village Cinema's Facebook or Instagram page, look for the Cinema Crew post and answer the question,
2: which Adams Family member do you most relate to? I think I'm Uncle Festa.
0: <laughs> I just burst in when it's appropriate. Yeah, simply leave your comment with the hashtag #TheCinemaCrew Cinema Crew for your chance to win. Next week, it must be the school holidays because there's a lot of kids' content. We've got family fun and firefighters in playing with fire. Lego got one, so Playmobil needs one too. It's the Playmobil movie. Fun with the pets of royalty in the Queen's Corgi. And for something a little bit different, horror with a Christmas twist in Black Christmas. Until next time, thank you, Barry. Thank you.
2: Thank you, Dan. Thank you. My name is Cambo and this is The Cinema Crew with Village Cinemas.